From India's largest newsroom, I'm Meenal Baghel and this is the Times of India podcast. Mr. Speaker, can the Honorable Prime Minister tell this Honorable House whether the police department is investigating as to how male Choksi left Antigua and Barbuda and end up in Dominica? The answer to that question is a resounding yes, and let me add here too that it was the Royal Antigua and Barbuda Police Force that issued the yellow notice to Interpol in the first instance to try and um, locate Mihal Choksi when he was reported missing. That's Gaston Brown, Prime Minister of the Caribbean island of Antigua and Barbuda, better known for its steel bands, ash white beaches, and of course, cricket's all-time great, Sir Vivian Richards. Brown's in his parliament answering questions about the disappearance of Mehul Choksi from Antigua, where he took citizenship in 2018, and his mysterious reappearance in a Dominican jail last month. So, Speaker, I'm not aware of evidence, but there's information in the public domain that Mehul Choksi was abducted. And I'm aware that uh, law enforcement here would have done some research and perhaps may have some individuals of interest. But insofar as evidence is concerned, I am not aware that there is any such conclusive evidence. Choksi, who stands accused of defrauding Punjab National Bank, fled India in 2018 after the Enforcement Directorate and the Central Bureau of Investigation began probing his dodgy borrowings that run into over a thousand crores. While the Indian media's focus has been largely on other high net worth economic offenders like Vijay Malia and Choksi's own nephew, Nirav Modi in London, leaked photos of a visibly shrunken, shaken and red-eyed Choksi behind bars in a Dominican jail and grainy footage of a yacht allegedly carrying Choksi and a woman named Barbara Jabarika from the Jolly Harbour, has put the spotlight back on the 62-year-old's case. Gorgeous beaches, sexy girlfriend, an international fugitive on a beautiful boat is usually the kind of story that Ian Fleming famously would dream up while sitting on a Caribbean island. In Choksi's case, there is no James Bond. Well, not one who looks like Daniel Craig anyway. Was Choksi's alleged abduction from Antigua an aborted Indian covert op? Who are the four alleged abductors now on the radar of the London police? And why is Choksi's lawyer, Michael Pollack, desperate to get the UK involved in Choksi's extradition to India? You have someone in a country uh, where they enjoy the right to appeal any, uh, any application to remove their citizenship or to remove them from Antigua all the way up to the Privy Council. Uh, and then uh, they're kidnapped and they're taken to a country where they don't have that right. I think the motive really speaks for itself. And I think that's a, it's a very important uh, thing to look at. And India obviously uh, wanted to try to remove Mr. Choksi uh, to India. Had he signed that piece of paper, we say that he'd already be there. Uh, the fact that there was an Indian plane on Dominica uh, soon after, we say, shows uh, what was really going on here.
Well, actually, this uh, matter has now entered British jurisdiction uh, because of a provision called universal jurisdiction, uh, by virtue of which Britain is bound to take cognizance of any complaint that pertains to war crimes or torture, uh, in which there is an involvement of either British citizens, British nationals, or someone who is in uh, who is on British soil. So Mehul Choksi's lawyer has approached the Met Police's war crimes unit, giving details of British nationals who were involved allegedly in the kidnapping and torture of Mehul Choksi while he was uh, taken from Antigua to Dominica forcibly. So the war crimes unit now has to assess that referral that has been made to them and mm. accordingly they will take the investigations forward. Uh, which also means that at some point, the Crown Prosecution Service will have to take a call on whether these people who have been named by Mehul Choksi's lawyer can be prosecuted or not. Danish Khan is a London-based journalist and co-author of a recent book about Indian fugitives in the UK. He has spent several years investigating the complexities of extradition processes. Here he explains why it's in India's favor that Mehul Choksi is now in Dominica rather than in Antigua. By removing him from Antigua, where he was residing and is a citizen and where he was facing that extradition case, there seems to be an attempt to have a shortcut to justice uh, by ensuring that uh, you know, he does not get the chance uh, to uh, argue his case in the courts of Antigua. There is also a difference uh, between the judicial system of Antigua and mm. Dominica, where he currently is. And that crucial difference is that in Antigua, the final court of appeal uh, is the Privy Council here in UK, which means that after exhausting all his legal options in Antigua, both mm -hmm. India and uh, Mehul Choksi can also appeal in the Privy Council, which is based in UK. And that is, of course, a costly and also a time-consuming affair. Whereas Dominica, where Mehul Choksi currently is, they do not have the Privy Council as the final court of appeal, which means that option does not exist. The UK is actually investigating the role of its own citizens in this alleged kidnapping. Is that correct? That's the extent of the investigation? Yes, absolutely. That is what has uh, uh, triggered, that is the starting point for this investigation. As a matter of rule, the Scotland Yard has to investigate anybody who is alleged to have played a part in torture or kidnapping of anybody around the world if they are British national or on British soil. And it is by virtue of that complaint that the Scotland Yard is now involved in Mehul Choksi's case. Uh, which has taken place miles away in, in the Caribbean. The lawyer has alleged that uh, Mehul Choksi was made to sign uh, uh, some papers, which he was told pertains to uh, his consent that uh, he will be in Dominica and that uh, he will uh, you know, stand trial there. But uh, in reality, it was basically a document which sought his consent to be taken back to India. Now, that's the allegation. Given that there is no confirmation that India was involved in Mehul Choksi's dramatic move to Dominica, I ask Abhishek Saran, who reports on central agencies and has been tracking the Mehul Choksi and Nirav Modi case 
from the outset whether there was any formal intervention by India so far. Both the uh, Ministry of External Affairs and the CBI, they have uh, submitted uh, applications for impeachment in Dominica. So now India is a party in the case. Currently, uh, the <clears throat> Dominican High Court is seized of this matter. Now, the court has to determine whether he is an Indian national or he continues to be an Antiguan uh, national. So, even though he claims that he has renounced the Indian citizenship, Indian government has contested that. So, CBI and MEA has told recently the Dominican courts that he continues to be an Indian national, even though he had uh, uh, renounced the citizenship, the application per se was deficient. And in such cases, it is up to the center, MHA and MEA, to decide whether even though you are renouncing your citizenship, the cancellation will happen or not. The ball always rests in the center's court. So not only the application was deficient, he's also a fugitive economic offender. So in view of that, his application was cancelled. And in hmm. March 2019, government hmm. defender had informed Mehul Choksi that your plea to renounce Indian citizenship has been cancelled. So you continue to stay an Indian national. Once he's out of Antigua, hmm. then, ma'am, the, the RCN gets operational. Interpose red corner notice. When an RCN is there, then any nation in the world, which is a part of Interpol, it's, it's that country's job to detain that person or arrest that person and, and inform the home country, which is India. Danish, uh, you and Ruhi Khan have uh, written this fabulous book called Escape, where you chronicle uh, similar cases of wealthy Indians fleeing the law. And specifically, the book deals with cases of well-known and wealthy fugitives who are in London. But have you come across a similar case? Is there is there something which which is similar to what you're hearing in, about Mehul Choksi? In our book, we have the case of a shipping magnet called Dharma Jayanti Teja, who was quite a big shot in the 60s and 70s. Very flamboyant, very wealthy, well-connected, uh, imposing personality. And Dharma Jayanti Teja was nabbed at London's Heathrow Airport. And uh, surprisingly, he was actually traveling on a diplomatic passport of a small country. So what happens is usually these people... Uh, they buy citizenships of mm -hmm. these countries or they become close to the rulers of those countries and they get you know, protection by virtue of that connection. So in this case of Dharma Jayanti Teja, for example, it was quite a task for India to first tell the court that uh, he is not a diplomat. He should not be allowed to make use of that diplomatic immunity. Is there something that surprised you as somebody who has researched and written about cases of uh, wealthy Indians uh, escaping the law in India? Was there something about this particular operation that, uh, that surprised you? So in our book, for example, we have written about other cases like Mubarak Ali Ahmed, who was an army contractor, or Dharma Jayanti Teja, or the Narang brothers. In all these cases, uh, they put up a very robust defense because, of course, they had 
lots of money they had access to the best of the legal minds but mm. at the end of the day india won all these cases and mm. india did win because they did the right kind of paperwork they followed it up they provided all the documents so there was no shortcut that was taken in those cases and i'm talking about the 50s and 60s and the 70s mm. where these cases ran the full course of the british judiciary system but the era of the 50s 60s and 70s that danish is referring to had still not discovered the concept of economic citizenship that are now in wide use by high net worth individuals looking for a second passport or tax breaks or just as in the case of mehul choksi a refuge from law enforcement agencies back home abhishek saran tells me that not just choksi but even his nephew nirav modi initially tried to buy a citizenship of vanuatu and archipelago near fiji but a citizenship officer doing a diligent background check contacted indian authorities who then scuppered modi's plan to flee and become a citizen of vanuatu mehul choksi he got it done pretty well so they he became a citizen of antigua and barbuda through citizenship through an investment program so he invested a set funds in 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 antigua and he got it nirav modi was trying to do that as well in antigua no not in antigua in in a uh. pacific island uh, vanuatu so he was going through that process and he had he had a services of uh, one of the agencies that facilitates such a uh, grant of citizenship i see but somehow the vanuatu authorities uh, you know they <laughs> i don't know if they, it was a premonition or whatever but they did what they should they were supposed to do they ran a uh, check on him they they did they did a pretty uh, rigorous due diligence okay and somehow the due diligence process through a finding that this man seems to have a checkered past he's he's a shady character so uh, they rejected that and uh, somehow enforcement directorate here they played a big role enforcement directorate got wind of that somehow and uh, later on i mean this uh, this is when the probe had already begun in jan feb of 2018 so they got wind of this thing that uh, you know he was he had been trying to for citizenship of this pacific island so they got in touch through official channels with the vanuatu authorities they okay. got in touch with the agency that was trying to facilitate the citizenship for mr modi and they said that this guy is a fugitive and he's Uh, required by our courts in india so so they they completely cooperated with ed and they give all the details so those okay. details ultimately uh became a shot in the arm for for india's case in uk because uh, if we remember mr modi had uh, tried to seek bail at least six times and each of the times the court had rejected the application mm. one of the reason was that india could prove to the uk courts that he this man is a flight risk and mm. they cited the vanuatu example as well so do you do you see mehul choksi coming back to india anytime soon i do see that because uh, there is a burgeoning and wider consensus globally that economic offenders they must be made to face law and mm. that is why you know at even at the the un financial action task force they have they are tightening their grip and across the world people are squeezing the space like uh, i remember a year ago perhaps the political climate in antigua was not so much for uh, 
listening to India on this. Now, it's a big change that the Antiguan head is mm. telling Dominica, mm. and he used the word instructed perhaps, that I have instructed Dominica to just return him to India. Mm. That was mm. not the case perhaps a year ago. And surprisingly, as former UN diplomat Sayyad Akbaruddin mentioned on this podcast last month, vaccine diplomacy may yet play a small but crucial role in both Antigua and Dominica turning their backs on Mehul Choksi. Here's a quick reminder of what Akbaruddin had said. Let me just give you an example from today. This right. morning, we all heard that Mehul Choksi has been arrested in Dominica. If you look at Dominica, you will find we do not have an embassy there or a high commission there. We have no resident mission. They do not have a resident mission in India. Yet, there are strong bonds that bound Dominica to India. One of the most recent was provision of vaccines to them. So let's Thanks. not forget in diplomacy, there is always give and take. And what you've been struggling for years to try and get back a fugitive from justice uh, for so long, you were able uh, today to make a significant step forward. So I'm just giving you this as an example that there are always countries who are appreciative of what you've done for them. and who, when the time comes, would be helpful to you in diplomatic terms. From vaccine diplomacy to covert spy ops, it takes all kinds of stratagem to catch an artful dodger. This week, the Enforcement Directorate transferred assets worth 9,371 crores belonging to Vijay Malia, Nirav Modi and Mehul Choksi to state-run banks. At the same time, Nirav Modi has lost the first stage of appeal against his extradition in the UK High Court. Abhishek Saran weighs in on the outlook for Mehul Choksi's return back home. If the court finds, and I think India has a very strong case there, okay. that he used to be our citizen, then since he is no longer in Antigua, he's in Dominica, and, and the RCN is, is active, so they have to deport him to India. So that way we have a very strong case. It might take long, but we have a strong case there. Even if we talk about the worst case scenario and if he goes back to Antigua, even then, I'm pretty sure that Antigua will finally hand him over to India because I don't think anybody, whether it's UK or Antigua, they have any court has contested the crux of the charges that are there. Courts across and authorities across UK and Antigua, they, they agree that they have a case to answer for. Today's episode was produced by Arun George and Joshua Thomas. For a daily spotlight on people, ideas and stories that matter, subscribe to us. We are available on TUI+, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts and all other platforms of your choice. For any news tips, reach us at tuipodcasts at timesinternet.in.